Happy New Year. We have a special present for you to kick off the new year for basketball officials far and wide. This pod will cover the topic, Attacking the Rulebook. Whether you are in the midst of your season or staying sharp outside of it, this is a must-listen. We want to thank everybody that has listened to The Rant and has helped it become what it is. Be sure to look out for more all of 2021. Episode 281, The Rant, Attacking the Rulebook with Al Batista. 2020 has been filled with, for me at least, all sorts of not reffing. That doesn't mean that I haven't been connected with officiating. As the holidays reach its end and we start anew with a new year, we take a bit of my Zoom sessions with Bernard Bowen Sr. of B-Ball Referees and bring to you Attacking the Rulebook with Al Batista. Happy New Year, Al Batista, Attacking the Rulebook, now. The Rant has been brought to you by Geo Studios, now open. They are located one block south of Westbury Train Station in the heart of Long Island, New York. Looking to bring your art or event to life? Trying to record a podcast? Enjoy six rooms of studio space to create audio and visual content. It also includes an 800-square-foot cyclorama wall studio, a state-of-the-art recording studio, three breakout rooms for four to six people each, which include a green room and lounges, a quality surround sound with six speakers and studio lighting, and most importantly, two on-site restrooms. You know I need my restrooms. Book your space today. For more information, find us at geoevents.com. The Rant has been brought to you by The Irrefutable Magazine. Co-editor in design Kevin Sparrick and co-editor at large Ralph Fernolis decided to combine both of their talents in writing and illustrations to bring to you a new online experience from an official's perspective. They both ref, but it's deeper than officiating. They create art for all time. Do you think your brand would be a good fit for The Irrefutable Magazine audience? Want to advertise with us? Visit us at theirrefutable.com sponsors for more information. We are the irrefutable. If you want to get better, first thing we're going to do tonight, we're going to attack the rule book. And we got a, uh, Mr. Al Batista is going to come on. Uh, uh, Ralph, would you put that together? Put the PowerPoint up. And get it ready. And Al, say hello and then let us know. Yep. Good seeing everybody. Jim Paul, it's great seeing you. You're a great interpreter. You're 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 one of the best. And it's I'm glad you're on this call. And there's a lot of other officials that are that are on this call that are not in IBO boards, you know, from other parts because some states don't have it. And I see Zach Murphy, um, Zach Murphy from Mississippi. There's two Zach Murphys on this today. And Zach Murphy from Mississippi is on this call, and Donatus Sedanus is on from South Carolina. And the ones, if you don't have IBO in your area, I would encourage you to, to get IBO in your area. And you only need five members. You could start a board. And, and Mr. Ellinger, that's how you started it, Steve, right, in Houston? That's how it all started, and it's right. just a great organization. I, I know Rachel Rayford's on on this. Say, Rachel, you're from Indiana, right? And um, but Ibo's a great organization. It, it it sent officials to the NBA, to the NCAA, men and women's, the high school fed, to FIBA. Just a phenomenal organization, and um. You know, we're really lucky. A lot of times in the East, we take IBO for granted, and we really shouldn't because um, IBO gives you a foundation with a lot of things. So are we ready to go, Ralph? Okay, attacking the rule book, okay? So a lot of officials, when... They go, well, what do you do every day? Or, you know, and I'm, well, usually I deal with five rule books every day. 
And, and this process, it usually starts early in the morning and it, and it could go all day long. And with Zoom calls, with drills outside, um, you know, making quizzes. Um, and, and I'll make a quiz every day. I'll make an NBA quiz every day, an NCAA men, woman. I make a FIBA quiz once a week and then a Fed quiz every day. Those quizzes go out every day. And here are some, I'm going to give you some ideas on how to attack the rule book. You don't have to use mine. These are just ideas. So can we go ahead, Ralph, next? Okay, so let's start right here. <clears throat> when reading the rule book, address it like a novel. Okay, address it like a novel, like you got to really enjoy reading it. If you try to read it all at once, you're not going to like it. And when you read it, you got to read it like a law document. You got to just be very, very slow with it. Okay. Because you see, each rule has a theme. And each rule, you know, for many years, they say, oh, they really know the rule book, but they can't referee. Well, that's not true because each rule has a theme. Okay. And these are my themes. Rule one, coming on the floor. Well, rule one is, um, is coming on the floor and it's awareness. What do you do when you're coming on the floor? For, here's some ideas when you come on the floor. When I'm reading the rule book, this is what I'm thinking. Okay, I want to find my three-point lines. If I'm working college basketball, hey, everybody, it's our second line tonight. If they're doing a high school game, it's that first line tonight. And you might want to tell the players. You know, you want to look at your backboards. Remember, if it passes over rectangular, it's dead. If it passes over fan shape, which you don't see anymore, it's still live, which you could see in the Federation game. I want to make sure they're warming up the right way. I want to count my players. I want to look at players' moves. I want to identify my three-point shooters. I want to start sequencing my eyes. If someone catches the ball in a triple threat, like, okay, I'm going to go – Okay, let me start practicing 70-30, 70% offense, 30% defense, feet pivot release, feet pivot release. Um, I want to see how they screen. So I'm doing all this. I'm getting myself prepared when I'm coming on the floor. Okay, just little things like that. Rule two, game management, clock management, and game awareness. Okay, correct aware. Let's just take that, okay? That's a game management rule. And you have to know your corrective wearers. Yesterday, we do a drill in board 12. They'll run a sprint, and I, then I'll go up to somebody. And um, and um, when you're – so back up when you're – when you're so um, someone has a question. When you're holding the ball, you go 70% deep um, – Sorry, 70% offense and 30% defense. When they're dribbling, you switch it 70% defense and 30% offense. Okay, but we have a drill in board 12. They'll run a wind sprint and then we'll go traveling. They have to do the signal. Then, then we'll go, give me the five correctable errors. Uh, too slow. Next one, next one, next one. You know, give me the three ways. It's too slow. And the reason we do it, because it creates pressure. It creates pressure because everyone's going to be yelling at you. It's just a drill. But let's just take rule two. It's game management, correctable error. Do you know your five correctable errors? And it's fair to award a mirror to three throw, awarding an unmirror to three throw, attempt by wrong player, attempt at wrong basket, erroneously counter, cancel the score. Okay, you go, okay, I know them, but you shouldn't have them. Why? Fair to award a mirror to free throw. You should know the bonus. Okay. Awarding an unmerited free throw. Okay. You should know the bonus and you have to know the team control foul rule because we in national fed, a lot of times shoot team control fouls. Same with NCAA women's. That's why men switch their rule. Okay. Attempt by wrong player. When do they switch shooters a lot during timeouts? All right. Attempt that wrong basket. When could it happen after a technical foul? because your partners didn't get you going in the right direct direction. 
and Rosalie counting or canceling the score. Well, you can do that one right away. If I go three and you see the foot on the line, but he just stops the game, it says two. Okay. And, and you want to do that quick, quickly. Some like to discuss. I don't think you, I think you talk about that in pregame because I would say, why would Bernard come? So that's an example. Your clocks, you got to know your clocks. You see, because rule two, right? Rule 212 matches 5-8, okay? They match because they're talking about clocks, all right? And that's very important. Rule three is game management, your rosters, okay? Your substitutions. You go, well, I know the substitution rule, but do you really know the meaning of the substitution rule? What do you mean? You got to know who's coming in and out of the game. Why? Well, once they come come out, they can't come back in until the clock's properly started in National Federation. By the way, this version is the Fed version, okay? And I'm not going to go over the differences, but that's just an example, all right? Also, you have to know substitutions because think about it. Every time that a substitute comes to the game, guess what? The personality of your game has just changed. If three-point shooters come to your game, your game widens. If shot blockers come into your game, okay, be ready for goaltending, okay? If disruptors come in the game, you better look off the ball. If small versus big comes in the game, mismatches, it's the most dangerous matchup to officiate. So you have to be aware of all that. And someone says, well, I really know the rules. Yeah, but you don't know any of that. So you really don't know the rules, okay? And then you get to voices of reason. Well, what are you talking about? Voices of reasons. Okay, most of the time it's the captain. Sometimes it not, might not be. There are voices of reasons. Someone you can go to and just say, hey, listen, um, tell so-and-so, you know, not to, not to do something off the ball or tell so-and-so they, you know, um, that they show disrespect there. I got it and so on and whatever. Sometimes you might not have voices or reasons, but you got to know. Rule four, everyone says not, everyone says, well, the first rule I teach is rule four. And actually, rule four is in all the rules, but rule four, what is it? It's a play calling, game procedures, and game awareness, okay? And game procedures, um, play calling is just your fouls and your violations, your penalties. You got to know all your penalties, you can't know them something. You gotta know them all, and you have to know them all under pressure. You have to know them, and you have to know them under pressure. That's the difference. In game procedures, you have to be A plus in administering a jump ball, um, a, um, a throw in, and a free throw. Rule five. Rule five is uh, scoring. It's again clock awareness. It's timeouts. And I even put protecting the shooter in that because you have goal. And when you protect the shooter, you know, there's a lot of things going on there. You know, three-point shooters, how you sequencing your eyes, screen, line, defender, up, down, rebound, going to points of contact. You know, all those things you should be thinking about and putting notes. Because you see, I'm going to show you later, every rule, right, has a teaching point. Every rule has a teaching point. You say, what do you mean? Well, 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 I'll give you an example as we go. Rule six is, again, procedures, jump ball, AP, live ball, dead ball. Seven is procedures, eight's procedures. Nine is play calling violations. Ten is play calling fouls and penalties. And we even put NCAA in their instant replay. Are you good with instant replay? Do you know when to go to instant replay? So that's what I'm saying. You got to read it like a novel and you got to take a little bit every single day. So then the next slide. So here are some of the things we're going to do to really, this is just the beginning. This is just a general outline. Okay. So then we go to the next one. All right. Methods and ideas. Read five sections of the rule book every day and start chronologically. For example, one, one to one, five and continue from there on. Take a rule and think at how it relates to another rule. And I'm using the Federation book here, okay? For example, when I read 1-1 one, one, playing court dimensions, I relate it to 4-4 four, four ball location, 
four nine boundary lines and four thirteen core areas. So if I'm teaching, I'll teach one one four 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 nine and four thirteen like that, and get it all out of the way. Okay. So take a rule and and think how it rel relates to another rule. Okay. And that's going to really help you. And then you could start moving around in the rule book. And what this teaches you, it teaches you where to go in the rule book. Third one, find rules that are similar and make PowerPoints or outlines. If you make PowerPoints and outlines on each rule, you're going to get really strong at this. For example, if I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna find a rule, I find 4-1 airborne shooter. What relates to it? 4-11 continuous motion, 4-16 dunking, 4-20 free throw, 4-41 shooting tri tap, 5-1 goal. Okay. All right. Because they all relate. They're all dealing with shooters, basically. And so then you can go, I'll give you a teaching point. Okay, airborne shooter. Okay, what are you doing? Most airborne shooting situations, right? Deal. Block charge scenarios a lot of times, right? That's a that's a teaching point. By the way, there's no right or wrong to this method how you do it. So I'm saying, okay, let's here's a teaching about the airborne shooter, right? Got to find the defense. Okay, you're probably going to have to go 70% defense, 30% offense. Two, once you find the defense, find their eyes. Oh, to back up. I'm back up um because I'm not finished yet for number four. Okay, or number three. Once you find the defense, right? Find their eyes, find their waist, or find their hands. Well, what are you talking about? Well, either uh, any three of those. I'm just giving an example. So if I find their eyes, it will dictate what their hands are going to do. If I find their waist, it will dictate what their hands are going to do. If I find their hands first, they usually foul with their hands. Okay, and just a little thing like that, and, and you just go on. That would be a teaching point for an airborne shooter, all right? Um, if you take 441 shooting, what would be a teaching point? Well, up, down, rebound, or shooter goes up, a defender goes up. Okay, I got it. They're good. I go to my rebound, okay? By the way, we can even take play guy, play calling guidelines to where we're talking rules, okay? If I'm protecting a shooter, think about this. If the defender jumps first, they usually foul. If the defender jumps off of one foot, they usually foul. Lifting principle, wrist on down, okay, foul, hand to hand. Most of the time, good. Ball plus body usually equals no call. Body plus ball usually equals foul. So instead of just reading what shooting is, think of all those teaching points, okay? You know, and so on. So let's go to the next one, number four. And this is kind of repetitive. Um, um, let's go back to four, if you don't mind. Uh, make an outline or PowerPoint on each rule. We basically did that. That's just going to make you stronger when you do this, because when you make an outline or a PowerPoint, it's going to make you detail-oriented. And I repeat that a couple times in this. Okay, let's go to the next one. Make charts. You have to make charts. Corrective error, okay? Corrective error. I, I got my corrective errors, okay? What's... How do you correct an error during the first dead ball after the clock has properly started? So what's the formula? Formula Error, clock starts a dead ball. I must correct. That's for the four of them. For the fifth one, it's clock running. Okay? Clock error, clock running, dead ball, live ball, dead ball. I must correct. Okay, make a chart for intentional foul. Tensional fouls can be personal or tactical. Personal, two shots, ball at the spot of the foul, offended player shoots. Technical, tensional, technical, yeah, because fat National Fed doesn't have dead ball contact technical fouls. Okay, any contact during a dead ball has got to be intentional or flagrant. They just call them intentional fouls. So an intentional foul in National Fed could be a personal or a technical. Okay, so, so. 
What's the penalty there? Well, the penalty there is two shots in the ball in the division line from the, away from the table. Who shoots that? Anyone can shoot it. Can A1 shoot the first and A2 shoot the second? Yes. And then you can throw a little rule differences. Can you do that in NCAA? Well, in NCAA, they're not intentional technicals. They're called dead ball contact technicals. But in NCAA women, they're called intentional fouls or disqualifying fouls. You know, you could just, you know, I, I just don't want to go into all these differences. Um, but, you know, and, and, but that's where I'm going with the start making charts. Play the match game, for example. 415 dribble matches with 95 illegal dribble. Okay, just a match. Okay. Do a presentation on a on a uh do a presentation on a rule to a small group. For example, basket interference. Can you do one? That, that's just an example. So if you have to give up, if you have to get up and do a presentation to a group, it's going to make you stronger in the rules because you're going to have to prepare. In fact, um, the old West Virginia conference was board 215. I was interpreter, and for our clinic, our college clinic would last three days, believe it or not, three days. And what we used to do, um, I would give everyone a, uh, a topic. I would say, so-and-so, you have correct awareness. What? Yeah, you have it. It's going to make you better. So-and-so, you have above the ring play. What should I talk about? This is what I want you to talk about. Basket interference, goaltending, and slapping the backboard. Okay? So-and-so, you have block charts. So everybody had to, every one of our officials, we had 50 on the staff. Um, everybody, I'd say 33 of them had to do a presentation. Okay, and it and our staff was strong. It was probably the best Division II staff in the country, and in in the rules knowledge and how to referee the rules. Here's another challenge: make a five question quiz on the rules you study every day. Okay, vary your formats of the quizzes. Sometimes make yes no quizzes. True false. Fill in the blanks. Fill in the blanks are tough quizzes. Handle the situation. It's like a court case. Okay. Handle the situation. Multiple choice. But you should vary your quizzes all the time. Yes, no, true, false, fill in the blanks. Handle the situation. Handle the situations really shows you who knows the rules and who doesn't. Okay. Because handle the situation, you have to get detail oriented. All right. So if you could move, Ralph, please. Um, can you go back? There was a kind of a note there that, yeah, keep your quizzes in a folder. It's a, it's a great way to start a meeting, a pregame conference. Um, you're riding with a partner in a car um, to break the ice with officials you don't know. You know, just talking basketball. And, and guess what? When you do those, everyone's learning and they're good. And guess what? Everyone's getting stronger in the rules. Just a little thing like that. So let's go to number nine, please. Okay, clip plays and make video quizzes. You can create, by doing this, you can create a video case book. You could you see a play. Oh, block charge. Okay, that's a good one. That was a charge. Okay, you clip it. Why was your charge? Two feet on the floor, facing their opponent, two feet on the plank or facing your opponent. By the way, Fed uses the word obtain. NCAA uses the word establish. And the NBA says getting in the path. It's all the same thing. All right. So, but you can, you can take that, you know, okay. So, and then, okay, that's a block charge play. Oh, there's an intentional foul play. Oh, there's a, you know, a goaltending. And then you start making folders, putting my block charges here, my above the ring plays here, and my complex penalties here. Sooner or later, you will have a video case book, okay? And then you could say, oh, this is these are palms, these are travels, and so on and so on and so on. Okay, so create a video case book. 
if you have a problem with a certain rule that is in a list formation, write a multiple choice question with the list and the answer will always be, guess what, all of the above. For example, the correctable error rule. So you could write a question, Just I'm just thinking here, the following are correctable errors. A, failure to ward a mirrored free throw. B, unwarding an unmirrored free throw. C, attempt at wrong uh, by wrong player. D, attempt at wrong basket. And E, erroneously counting or canceling the score. F, all of the above. The answer is F, all of the above. And I know Nathan um, Anderson is on this call. When I, I know that when there, when there are problems with um, NBA rules, if you notice, a lot of them go, oh, there's all, one of ours, all of the above, all of the above. And it's not to try to trick someone. It's trying to get them to know the rule. Because you see, there are some rules, it's like being a pilot. It's a checkoff list. You're checking things off. Yep, yep, yep. And if you do that and you know it, but see, see, the goal is, and I tell board 12 referees this, the goal is, well, I got 100 in the test. That's great. And to me, it means nothing. Or I got it. Okay. The goal is, is not to miss rules in games. It's not to miss rules in heated most um, moments in pressure scenarios. Okay. That's your goal. Test scores are just numbers. But the real goal is not to miss them in games. Because if you miss them in games, missing rules in games, that's not good. Okay? That's really not good. One night I got a call and someone said, and the and NCAA rules are different. They said I had an unsporting technical foul and then someone grasped the ring. Okay? And, and, and they, they and, um, recently they changed that rule, but no, it was a, I had a, a, um, an unsporting technical foul and a delay of game. And I go, I hope you did not eject it. And he goes, yes. I go, it's two technical fouls. I said, no, no, no. I said, when was a class A and when was a class B? Oh, okay. That's not good. Okay. All right. And, and so on. So you got to know, you got to know your rules. And, um, in, in complex plays, make them into multiple choice uh, questions. Read five casebook plays every day, all right? Read, get in that habit. Read five every day. After you read the play, refer to the rule book where it's mentioned and put the casebook play that refers to rule in the rule book, okay? So in other words, if you're reading about correctable error in your, in your um, casebook, then go to 210 and just list all those correctable error plays right next to the rule, okay? This is a thing that the NBA officials do. They'll read a rule and then go find it in a casebook and put it right next to it. So if you need to reference something quickly, you can go to it, okay? Let's go to 12. After each rule section, you study for the day. If you could just move up for me, Ralph. Um, if you just move it up, it's I can't see it on my screen. Yeah. Um, after each rule section, you study for the day. Okay, I, I I'll look at it here. I'm sorry. Add one or more teaching points. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you, Bernard. Al, I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't after, realize you can't see it. I'm, I apologize. Yeah, that's okay. After each rule section you, you study for the day, add one or two teaching points. Okay. Here's an example. Continuous motion. You go, well, I know that rule. Yeah, but can you add teaching points to it? You go, what do you mean? One teaching point is once the ball gets below the free throw line extended, let the play start, develop, and finish. Wow. I didn't. I never thought about that. Two, if I never, if I don't know he's in the act of shooting, ask for help. Okay, ask for help. I, I'm not sure if they're in the act. Ask for help. That's two. Okay. Three, go back to your lifting principle with the hits. Okay. Four. Okay. Is a tap a try? Yes. Okay. All right. So th those would be teaching points, like like for continuous motion. 
would be a teaching point for like basket interference. Basket interference, the teaching points is you find your your big uh, players in warmups, find your athletic players in warmups. Why? Because they're candidates for basket interference goaltending. If the ball's on within the ring and you see this hand movement like this, a, a short little flick of my wrist, it's probably basket interference, offensive or defense. But if you see this, okay, it's not. Okay, that's just a little teaching point. Goaltending, the longer the ball's in flight, it's a you're there it, greater chance you have goaltending. Okay. When can you have basket interference? You know, all types of things. You just go on and on and on, and you're just making teaching points, okay? The thing about traveling, when someone's holding the ball, feet, pivot, release, um, waist of the defender or their hands of the defender, okay? Things like that, you know? Okay, let's go to 13. Okay, there we go. Mark your rule book up with certain reminders, especially if you're a multi-level official. I get very upset as being interpreter board 12 and that someone said, someone will say, um, well, I don't do high school basketball. Okay. I don't do, I don't really know the high school rules. I said, well, the players, what, what are you going to tell the players then? Or you do a level like, in like board 12, for example, where they use play a lot of modified rules, they'll play leagues, which just play modified NC2A. And so you need to put reminders in your rule book. Like if you're if you're doing NCAA and go NCAA men, go um, flagrant one personal foul. OK, well, in Fed, it's national and in, in Fed, it's intentional foul. In NCAA women's, it's intentional foul. OK. It, what, who's going to shoot an intentional foul? We went over this. Well, the offended player in Fed, in NCAA men, offended player for flagrant one personal. In NCAA woman, anyone can shoot it. And then if you want to get to the NBA, you know, you go flagrant fouls. Okay, flagrant foul penalty one. Who shoots it? The offended player. Okay. And if you're talking FIBA, who shoots the unsportsmanlike foul with contact? The offended player, you know. So that's what I'm saying. So you know, you got to mark up your rule books, and you got to put reminders in there. Oh, continuous motion. And I'm just, I'm just giving you ideas. This is not. I'm going. I got to let those plays start developing fitness. I can't be that quick. I can't be that quick, you know, on the level because. If you think, I'm not saying that for stalling valves, you're going to call it it's the timing of your whistle. Because if you call it too quick, right? Just think about this. Oh, yeah, you got it right. But they did all that work. And this is very advanced officiating now. They did all that work to get the ball in the end line. And if you just waited a split second, you could have got them in the act. That's what I mean by start, develop, and finish. Okay? So those are just little things, you know, to start thinking about. After each game, keep a journal of scenarios. There will always be five to ten scenarios that you will find a rule reference or a casebook play. From your journal, you can create your own casebook. See, every all of us depend on the casebook, and we depend on rules by topic. Did you ever create your own casebook? Why not? It will make you stronger in the rules because you're going to have to sit down there, write out the scenario, and keep a rule reference with it. And it takes a lot of time. But it, it will make you stronger and sharper. Okay? All right? And, um, and believe me, the more you know the rules, the better you'll, 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 you'll play call. And I'll share, I shared the story with Steve Ellinger. I was observing a, a G League game. And after the game, I said, you don't know the rules, do you? And, and the official said, no, I don't. I go, it shows on the court. And they go, why? Because I said, I saw you do a college game and you were very confident and exuded confidence. But here, you know, it looks like you're afraid to blow your whistle. I said, so what do you need to do? He goes, you need to get in the rule book. I said, okay. 
So, but, but believe me, someone with a sharp eye, they can tell if someone does not know the rules very quickly. Okay. Master your basics, master your definitions. Don't know your definitions, but master them. Okay. If you know your basics, it will usually help you with naughty problems. Go naughty, that naughty, that's a, that's an interesting word for years baseball rule book used to have the naughty rule book naughty problems rule book that the sporting news used to put out for baseball umpires and one of the plays they used to have in there let's say someone hits a long drive and it hits a bird this actually happened in a major league bird. hit a bird yeah hit a bird what do you do and and but and um i'm kidding around here but but if you know your basics Okay, if you master your basics, you can get any rule code you're working, you can get out of that situation. But if you don't master your basics, you're going to struggle night in and night out. I, I used to, looking back, I, I was laughing at this. Back in the day, there would be officials go, I don't really know the rule book. I just referee with the feel, with the feel of the game. Today, try doing that. Good luck. Because everything is on YouTube and this and that and whatever, and there's no way. Okay. The other thing about knowing the rules, okay, and mashing the basics, okay, you have to know how to run the game and not choke the game. Okay. Running the game is knowing what to call, what not to call for that game and how to adjudicate it. Choking the game is just calling all contact and just just not getting a flow going, okay? And then basically, too, also to control a game, okay? Everyone says, well, I got to get that hint. No, you got to get the travels. If you get the violations, you'll control the game just as well as getting the fouls. Really? Yeah, because if the players are start going, wow, this official is pretty sharp and keen. Did you ever think about that? That's the one of the FIBA philosophies. Get the violations, get the violations. You will control the game. So you can learn from all types of basketball. Very interesting. And, and I believe that as well. Okay. I'm not saying not to call that. You want to get those too, but get your violations early in the game. And since we're on that topic, here are the plays you've got to get early in the game. Traveling, palming. If they're there, three seconds. Hand checking. You've got to get those early in the game, early in the game, okay? And if they're there because you set a tune, one of my mentors in the West Virginia Conference always say, hey, uh, Batista, when you go out there, call college fouls. And what he was saying was not their college fouls. What he was saying was make sure it's a foul and not incidental contact, because if you call the first foul of the game, incidental contact, you're going to have a long way in that game. And it's back to knowing what a foul is and what the rule is. Okay. And, and so on. Like, for example, what's a hand check? I'm going, oh, I can't. Okay. This is what a hand check is. It's, it's a state, state hand, two hands, impede, reroute. Okay. State hand, two hands, impede, reroute, stir. That's your acronym. You have any of those? Bang, hand check. All right. And those are just little things, and that will help you. And I know I'm going all over the place here, but that's all right. That's how you learn. So let's go to this. Let's go to the next one. After each game, five video plays that involve penalties. This is basically similar. And why are you doing this? Because you want to master penalties. Why are you doing this? Because you want to help your procedures. Why are you doing this? Because you want to have good recall. Most officials at the amateur level, and I'm not knocking you guys, your recall is not good. Okay. And I know Sherry's on this call um, and Scott Foster and, and you know, Scott Foster, in my opinion, is the greatest. He knows every play that happened in the game, every single play and no call. I'm, I'm not kidding you. And he did it as as a, as a young man. OK, and I don't. Yeah, I don't have to be that good. But when, when someone comes in the locker room, you remember that travel at 323? No. 
you remember the out of bounds play at 7-Eleven? No. Do you remember anything? <laughs> but if you say yes, remember 7-Eleven, or if you start off and go at 7-13, there's a drive to the basket, you know, um, I don't think I got that right, or I know I didn't get that right, or I anticipate that's okay. At least you know the time. At least you know your guards down. At least you're learning. But that's recall. So if you can find video plays after each game and then you know their penalties, it will help you with those three things, mastering penalties, procedures, and recall. And this is attacking the rule book. Even though you might know the penalty, research it. Why? So you know where to go night in and night out. Your goal is not to know the rules, is but to master the rules. There's a big difference, okay? There's a big difference, and repetition is a must. My um, mentor was Jay Dallas Shirley, and he always say, did you go over that? No. He goes, repetition is a must, and he would leave. You see, did you go over that? No. He goes, repetition is a must. And later on in life, well, Mr. Shirley was right. Repetition is a must. You've got to keep on repeating stuff, repeating stuff, and repeating stuff. If you don't know who Jay Dallas Shirley is, he was interpreter for 12 for many years, and he's in the Basketball Hall of Fame. He did, did a lot for the game of basketball, and it's unbelievable. Um, if you don't know a rule, look it up first and do and, and do the research and then call your mentor or interpreter for a clarification. For example, you don't have like if I forget if I'm driving and I forget a rule, you don't have to do this. OK, if I'm driving and I forget a rule, I'll pull over to a side street and I, I have rule books and go, man, what is that rule in FIBA or what is that rule in height? And I'll stop and look it up or I can't survive today because it will just eat at me. Now I'm obsessed about this stuff, but, but you gotta, you gotta do that. Sometimes I, you know, I was riding with my boss one time. I tell the story we're going scouting. He goes, why are you pulling over? And he said, do you need a break? I go, no, I forgot this rule. He said, stop. I go, no, I, I forgot this rule. I need to look it up right now or, or I, I can't drive anymore. And but the, the point is, it forces you to do the research. I don't call anybody off. You know, I do the research. And my mentor told me that Dallas Shirley, he would say, I called them up about a rule. He goes, you got a rule book? He goes, I said, yes. He says, look it up. And he hung up just like that. And but you got to you got to, again, research, research, research. All three books go hand in hand. Don't neglect one. You have to stay on a steady routine. No excuses. Okay, so you have to stay in your rule book, your case book, in your manual. Because your manual sometimes has a little rule things there, and your manual goes hand-in-hand hand with your rule book. Okay, like before I minister throwing, what's my habit? I sweep the floor. I look at my partner's table, game clock, shot clock. Put the ball in play. Okay, and, and so on. Okay, let's go to the next one. Okay, here's a challenge. Make a, a rules word game, a rules crossword puzzle, or a rules jeopardy. Again, it's going to make you stronger in the rules. By the way, you're not going to be able to do this all in one day. you got to just do it every single day. Come up with casebook scenarios after after each game. I know this is repeating itself because you want to have good recall. This is what you have to do to officiate at any level. Okay. You have to have phenomenal recall. If you don't have good recall, it, you're going to have a tough time in officiating. And, and this can be practiced and practiced and practiced because you see, if you have good recall, it will help you with visualization. I know I've seen that. That's goaltending. The other thing you have to do, everyone talks about mechanics and hand. Well, those, those things you can practice, but also, but we never practice on our footwork. You have to have good footwork to officiate. If you have poor footwork, think about it. You can, you'll never get good angles. You'll never get good angles. Okay. So you have to always work on your footwork, you know, stagger stance, getting an angle, 70-30. And if you have good footwork, you'll have fast eyes because 
See, play calling and rules knowledge is like hitting a fastball. You can hit it or you can't. So I can't hit the fastball. What do I need to do? Oh, I need to have better recall. I need to work on my footwork. Believe it or not, I'm, I'm not kidding you. And, and I can speed my eyes up by watching tape fast forward. But if I go and take casebook scenarios and start writing them down or come up with them and start visualizing them, guess what speeds up, believe it or not? Okay, my mind and my eyes, you know, and so on. And I remember years ago, um, older officials in board 12 say, see that referee there? And I said, he said, game's too fast. I go, why? Slow eyes. Doesn't know where to look. Wow. And it didn't click in until I said, you know, we never talk about this. But anyway, give a rules presentation or a certain rule to your crew, friends, or peers. If you have to prepare for attacks, your knowledge will become greater. When taking a test, don't read into the question. And Jimmy Paul taught me that years ago. And he would always say, don't read in the question now. Don't read in the question. When the eye, I said, you're right. You're right. I'll read it in the question. Read what's there. That is easier said than done. Okay. And the next one. Before the season, make a test on each rule. It can be 10 questions, fit whatever. Master the points of emphasis each year. And keep multiple rule books in different parts of your house. If you're watching TV and a commercial comes on, this is what I do. When I'm watching television, a commercial comes on, I make a quiz or I read a rule. Go to your rule book, go to your case book, go to your manual, and you'll get really good at the rules. Okay? And so on. And I think that might be it. Is there any more? No, that's it. Okay, does anybody have any questions? Anybody? There's got to be somebody with a question. I'll let it go through the chat, and I'll, I'll make sure I read it to you well. Okay. Uh, yeah, so anybody has any type of questions, just let me know. Can you review that idea of adding a teaching point to your study? Yeah, adding a teaching point is like is – like I'm talking about continuous motion. Well, one of the teaching points for that is start, develop, and finish. Okay. I'm going to let play start, develop, and finish. Um, if I'm reading about block charts, one of the teaching points is um, could be I'm going to referee defender to defender. I'm going to pick up that defender as quick, that secondary defender as quick as possible. Okay. Another teaching point could be like for block charts. I'm watching tape. I could go legal, legal, legal chart, and then you know and do it. Um, there's no right or wrong. It's it's just starting to do it and starting to think about certain things. Um, if I if you're taught if you if you see free throws, like you see a teaching point for free throw would be. Violation by the free-throwing team, ball becomes dead immediately by the opponent's delayed dead ball. I must get my shooter. Timeout, I must get to my shooter. Oh, what rule is that related to? Oh, correct errors. It also relates to 8-2. And it just goes on and on and on and on. And you just and, and it's a fun game. And you go, oh, you know, and, and guess what? It doesn't stop. <laughs> it doesn't stop. And I see Mark McKenna laughing because it's also part of. Refereeing improv, Mark. By the way, remember we did a referee improv? Remember Bernard? Mike? Here's the gentleman that came up with the idea. Okay, Mark McKenna from Any Bethlehem, time. Pennsylvania. Okay. So, you know, there's not one way of doing this, okay. but you've got to do it. And and I'm, these are just ideas. This is what I do. Okay. And um, and now all the rules, see all the rules, they go hand in hand. So you don't want to neglect something over other. You want to master every one of them. Like, like if you're talking about free throws, for example, in rule four, okay, well, it's all also in rule eight, and it's also in rule nine. See, they all they all match somehow. Okay. 
They all match somehow. That's why I want you to start matching rules with rules. All right. All and, right. and by uh, the way, you could do with any rule book. I mean, if you're in the NBA book, you can do it with the NBA. If you're in the NCAA, the NCAA woman, you can do it with all. Make differences, make difference charts too. And that might take you longer because our three amateur games are get, have getting farther and farther apart. And, you know, and so on. All right, Al. Uh, Londell Hartfield has a question, and we have a, a nice queue of people asking you things. Uh, Londell asks, can you please elaborate on footwork helping? Footwork, Londell, we went over this up in Long Island. Like, you always want to work on your footwork. Like, when you're in the trill in the center, you don't want to get in neutral stances. And why? Because here are the plays you're going to have, right? You're going to have pull-up jump shots. You're going to have three-point shots. You're going to have um, uh, moving shots. You're going to have rebound scenarios. You're going to have putbacks. You're going to have basket interference goaltending. So you have to be like a shark. You're ready to go. You're ready to move like a tennis player or an outfielder. Because you see, if I'm in that staggered stance and I'm ready, I'll go, okay, my left foot's forward. And here's a drill you can do. Okay, rebound, secure. Okay, and I go, I just pivot and go like I'm stealing a base. But if I'm flat footed, now I got to turn, I got to move, and my eyes could be bouncing. My eyes are actually slow. Try playing the outfield flat footed. The ball will go over your head every time. It's the same principle. Okay, and, and I came up with a lot of these drills working, and I, I know Ivy's on the call, Ivy Lynn. And she's done a lot of these drills and, and so on. But that's what I mean. And, it, and then in the lead, it's different. The lead, see, the lead is the anxiety position. Just think about it. When you're in the lead position, you're in a state of anxiety because everyone's coming at you real fast. You don't have good eye speed? Wow. Okay? And we never talk about eye speed. We never talk about it. We really need to focus on eye speed. In fact, I'm even thinking about is knowing what your dominant eye is because you see play calling is a lot like hitting a fastball and for hitters for years, we always want to know what their dominant eye was. I'm just still working on this theory right now. But anyway, when plays are coming at you in the lead, you want to be patient because you want to let plays start, develop, and finish. You want to see the whole play. Everyone's coming at you at a high speed. You're in a state of anxiety. If you get neutral or you get on your front foot, guess what's going to happen? And I've done it. Someone blocks a shot and you call a foul. Okay. And now, you know, you, you got to eat it. And everyone's going to yell at you and, and you know, and, you know, and so on. But if you stay on your back foot, it forces you to be what? Patient. It forces you to see the play longer. Take it a step further. If you referee defender to defender, you'll see the play even longer and you'll get the play right. For example, if someone's driving to the basket and they get hit, your whistle shouldn't be, it should be foul and then boom. So it should be not, it should be like that. Okay. So that's just something to work on. And, and guess what? You're not going to be perfect at it, but you got to go out there. You got to make mistakes and you got to say to yourself, that's not good. That's not good. I mean, um, I wish we could get Joey Crawford to do a clinic on um, because when Joey used to do clinics, he would show you all his mistakes in a game. It was really neat. And he goes, see that? See that? I walked into a stack. You see that? Here's why I walked into the stack. And that's where that's how you get good in there, that. So I hope I answered your question. But the footwork is very, very important. You know, you don't want to be flat-footed. You want to be ready to go. You want to be ready to attack if you're in the trill in the center and so on. Also, too, since we're on this, do you know when to slow down the game and when to keep the game moving? Okay. If you ever saw Dick Bavetta referee, he was the master of it. He kept games moving. So, in other words, if I call a travel, right, I mean, good mechanics. Okay, I'm not rushing. I'm not hurrying. But I make the call. And, Steve, you remember, 
bang, he was right over there, not rushing, but getting the ball back in the play. In the play back in the game. Yeah, so everyone would be playing and not thinking and so on. He kept the game moving. Now, when do you slow the game down if you have a complex penalty? Something that's very – okay, let's – wait a second. Wait a second, Steve. Let's stop and think. Or – or someone commits their second foul in the first quarter. You might want to slow the game down, you know, wipe the ball down and maybe even look at that team's bench like, hey, you know, you might want to get a – not tell them, but give them a chance to make a substitute, right? You know, but those are just little things, and, and, and you'll learn as you, as you go. And that's why awareness is very important, a basic awareness – once they leave, you got to wait until they come back in until the clock is properly started, you know. And with the exception of NCAA, they can come back in um, if, the, if, um, if their opponent fouled or violated, men's and women's. And then in the NBA, you have to stay in the game until the ball is legally touched. That's a difference in their rule. You know, and, and you, you know, you have to know your differences. If you want to do all these levels, if you don't want to do all these levels, no problem, but you kind of know the rules, okay? Uh, you know, some of the applicants, I know there's some of the applicants on the test. Oh, I got a 98. Again, this is the only the beginning of it. This is the only the beginning. And, you, you know, and if your rule book looks brand new every year, it shows you, as my mentor said, you're probably not in your rule book at all, you know, and, and so on. All right. So uh, I, I hope you got something out of this tonight. Uh, we got some um, more questions, if, if you don't mind. What's that? If they don't mind, if they don't mind staying and listening, if somebody has to go, we appreciate you stepping in and helping out and listening tonight. But please, Al, if you're available to stay on and answer a couple of more questions. Yeah. There's about four or five in the chat. You and you, we got our uh, our friend, uh, Mr. Cas Beverly, that has some points as well. So let okay. uh, Ralph, if you don't mind, just go ahead and read them off. So before we get to Cas, um, Sherry says example of a word game is just like a word of a word game. You, they're harder to make. You know, you could make a word game of above the ring play, like. Uh, like bastard interference or something like that. Um, you know, I like to do more match games, but I've seen word games. I wish I could answer it better, Sherry, but, and so on. Um, Jay Nelson, please give more examples, speed up your eyes. Well, I can give you one, just watch tape fast forward. Your eyes have to become fast. Okay. Mike Millione, his eyes are really fast. Okay, are really fast. And by the way, your eyes can become too fast. Okay, like when you'll see everything before your partner see it. And then you got to discipline yourself to say, okay, give them a chance. And then Kaz, um, when the ball is live, the players dictate the place of play. When the ball is dead, we are we we as officials dict- dictate the pace. So important. Okay. I remember one night Fang Mitchell over at Coppin State goes, Al, you're moving this game so fast, I can't even substitute any players. Because <laughs> we were getting the ball right back into play. And I, I told him, I said, you know why I'm doing that? And he goes, why? Because it's, it's forcing you to coach. He goes, I never thought of that. He said, but I can't yell at you. <laughs> so, you know. Nick, Nick got a question, too. Yeah, reading you into yeah, reading into a question and you know, read what's there, Nick, and don't analyze something like something like something will say um, on a jump ball the 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 game clock starts when the ball is legally touched, and, and someone will start reading into it and say, well, wait a sec, but not you know or whatever. And the answer is true. It's a basic question. So read what's in front of you and don't start putting words. Well, how about this? And how about that? Well, no, no, it's not asking you that. This is what it's asking you. And that's the great thing about IBO because IBO, when you have IBO training, and I've noticed that with the NBA officials, Steve, wouldn't you agree? The the, the, The officials with the NBA 
that came from IBO, they don't read into the questions. Wouldn't you agree with that when they take their test? Yeah, because they have, I mean, coming from IBO, and I guess I'm prejudiced like you are, but but coming from IBO, they have a, a pretty good rule, rule right. basis. Right. I got I got another one in a minute, uh, Steve. I'm sorry for cutting Nick, you off. Did that, Nick, did that answer your question? Yes, it did. Thanks, Al. Appreciate it. Sure. Al, I got a good one here, too. Elevate on your pivot release. Okay. So, in other words, um, you have a triple threat. Okay. So, they're right-handed. So, you go, okay, feet, they're right-handed. Okay, their lefts are pivot. Okay, so they're good, good. Now they release the ball, they're good. Okay, but if they pick up their pivot foot, so okay, feet, they picked up their pivot. Okay, now they release travel, boom. Okay. I have another one. I have another one that I think is very good. Is there any rule that we could consider more important than another? No, um, because they go all hand in hand, like, like, you know, when we talk about free throws, well, it's in rule four, it's in rule eight, it's in rule nine, okay? So they all go hand in hand. Actually, you could shorten the rule book. You could shorten every rule book because you